Welcome to Cracks in the Foundation with Tallulah Rose. juicy stuff always happens before recorded stuff. <laughs> I know <laughs> I mean we're always juicy so Ooh, so juicy yeah <laughs> um okay so I was telling you that I pulled some cards just for new moon to just see like what the hell is this energy I'm working with right now and I don't remember what the card was because for some reason I didn't write it down okay <laughs> but I like to practice seeing what kind of messages I just receive from looking at and intuiting the card, but I always look into the little reading book afterwards. And I really liked the languaging that was with this card. And it said something alluding to the difference of male and female, or I'm sorry, masculine and feminine energy. And it talked about instead of working with an energy of domination moving forward in this next cycle, work with gentle persuasion, calm and purpose to face problems. And that really stood out to me and it stuck with me, this idea of gentle persuasion and seeing that maybe as a the feminine side of the coin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like know what do you what do you think about that I'm just trying to go through my head of like what card that would be maybe the hierophant um it might have been the strength card honestly okay I don't know the hanged man I don't there's I mean <laughs> whatever you felt was the there's a lot of them <laughs> I feel like most cards do kind of touch on that masculine and feminine energy like that um last week when I was talking about feminine energy and I love your interest on this because you and I talk a lot about how like duality kind of doesn't fit (laughs) um existence anymore really and when I was looking at the masculine energy specifically about like masculine energy how it's kind of shaped society today and shaped um, like our idea that we have to be fully logical and fully separated from emotion. Like science is always trying to separate itself from um, art and language and emotions and things like that. And so we're trying to get the split. And my thought was that feminine and masculine energy don't, are not opposing forces, even though we keep saying that they are. Um, We constantly talk about them as if they're like these dual feelings, but for me, they're not even on the same scale. And they're just like both things that we both have to have within us in a balanced way. You never want too much feminine energy or too little, same thing with masculine, but I'm curious what it feels like for you to not view them as these opposing forces and instead just kind of like on parallel lines in a way separate from that dualistic viewpoint of the world yeah well it it doesn't seem like a question to me whether we have both of them or not right they just exist inside of us and the way i see it is the way we practice 
My mind is like so inside of choice making and how we make decisions right now. So that's kind of the filter I'm seeing this conversation through. So it's in the way that we make decisions and practice choice making and how the actions we actually take on a day-to-day basis align with our intention and the energy that we're doing that through. And so I like to tie in discernment to all of this. So if I'm faced with an opportunity to make a decision or to make a choice, is it going to feel more appropriate and more nurturing and supportive for me to take an action or make a choice that is going to allow me to work with this gentle persuasion, this feeling of calm, a calm purpose? Or is it going to feel more influential for me to take action in a way that maybe is a little more domineering, that is a little more just like powerful and present? And maybe that's me acting through a masculine energy. What do you think about what I just said? Hmm. Yeah, I think that definitely makes a lot of sense in terms of how I was viewing it last week. And I mean, there is no right answer to anything. I think for me, it's difficult to kind of, because we do always talk about them as this kind of like either or energy. And I think right now we're in this space of this constant masculine um, on a collective level. So it's, we have to talk about it in either or, but I really, my ideal situation is like one day we all move towards where we're not speaking either or, we just kind of like, exist in both spaces um always and i guess to start (laughs) i would really love to hear your definitions i guess or like outlook on the the characteristics of each like what is masculine Mm. energy for you and what is feminine energy yeah yeah most certainly for me feminine energy feels I mean, it feels really fluid and it feels, it feels nurturing. And, but this is interesting. I think I'm having a hard time because I'm saying these words and there's another part of my mind that's kind of coming in and saying, well, who's to say that masculine energy isn't nurturing and fluid, (laughs) but in its own kind of way, uh, feminine energy feels feels more subtle and not to say that it it needs to hide but it feels it's more gentle and it's more creative masculine energy feels nurturing in a sense that it is stable and it is grounding and there's almost a sense of protection in masculine energy um a search seeking to find the answers or to pick up the next breadcrumb (laughs) on the search for the expedition for knowledge and discovery is very masculine energy to me. Feminine energy is a little more, I don't want to say subdued Mm -hmm. because feminine energy can be incredibly influential, incredibly powerful and it is incredibly powerful but it's a little more here for the process 
it's along for the journey and it's very trusting and willing to release control as opposed to dictate the trajectory of where it's going. Yes. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, yeah. I think I feel this similarly. Like I've always kind of viewed masculine energy as like a very linear track of expression of like point A, point B, very much like progression <laughs> of things. And feminine energy feels more like pulsating of like this cyclical kind of energy um, where I think that's what you're grasping at for that word of subdue is like it mm. kind of just like pulsates with you and it might change. It's more of like looking outward and inward at the same time for me at least. Um, which is strange because I like I constantly want to put masculine energy and feminine energy into like um, traits and into like physical tangible items but the more I talk about it the more I realize that both energies are just kind of states of being mm. which makes it more complicated <laughs> I don't know if you feel the same way like when you were talking about it you were saying that like masculine energy is very much like doing and like acting and very presence and feminine is more like subdued and subtle and those to me are both yeah, states of being. And, but my brain constantly wants to be like, okay, masculine energy is like, I don't know, a train. <laughs> and then a feminine energy is like a spider web or something. Like those two, Whoa. that's how my brain works. But I, yeah. it's almost like you can't put them in tangible experiences either. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like what you said about states of being. So I, I, what I would like to say to that is, for me, masculine energy is the actual state of doing, of being in action. And feminine energy then is the actual state of being. And it's for that moment in time, that process that is deliberation, that is understanding, finding depth, finding refinement. And then when action is taken, when that depth of knowledge of wisdom is acted on, that is the actual masculine energy taking form. Would you say that um, feminine energy is more like an inhale and then like masculine's exhale? Or do you think that's reversed? Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's beautiful. Um, I need to think about that for a moment. In terms of like duality and things like that, I've realized that everything that we're trying to like subjugate and divide is just starting from breath. Like that's where it all started was this idea that everything has to be opposing. Um, mm. And that's kind of how I started viewing life is that everything is a breath and that's why we constantly have to have opposing things, but that's not what it is. It's just like, you need both always. So like you need masculine and feminine. So like yeah. which version of that kind of falls in that process of breathing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would agree with that I I love that thank you for bringing that into my thank you for listening <laughs> that was gorgeous I love that bringing everything back to the breath 
Did we just solve everything in the world? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay, I guess we're done. We're done. We can celebrate. (laughs) (laughs) Problem solved. (laughs) Mm. Yeah, the way I've been thinking about masculine and feminine energy as of late with the development of just the program that I'm making for my coaching is I'm talking a lot about how our brain works. And I don't necessarily use the languaging of masculine and feminine energy in my curriculum, but I kind of relate it to the way I think about these things. There are two primary aspects of your mind. So there's the logical aspect of your mind and there's the intuitive aspect of your mind. And the logical aspect of your mind is engaged anytime you're solving problems, you're processing ideas, you're synthesizing information. And the intuitive aspect of your mind is engaged when you're doing anything creative, when you're making art, when you're having intuitive exploration. And the way I see that is that intuitive aspect is kind of the origin of your feminine energy. And the logical aspect is the origin, the birth space of the masculine energy. And it's not that one exists without the other, or it's not that you have one or the other. It's that they both exist and noticing which energy or which aspect of the mind in this scenario is activated in any present moment and how am I bringing my conscious awareness to what aspect is activated so that I can I can I can use that intentionally and if one aspect of my mind is activated and I want to call in the other aspect or I need some more feminine energy. Maybe I'm living in my logical and rational mind. How can I actually consciously shift to that to invite in more of the other one? Hmm. The whole time I was just visualizing like <laughs> the breathing. So <laughs> talk with my hands. I'm casting spells. <laughs> um, yeah. Like it feels very much like when we're stuck in the logic mind, which I feel like the government and like society and stuff is stuck in that. It's just like you're kind of like wheezing. <laughs> you're just like running and just like you forget to breathe in. <laughs> and so you're just running around I, like I've had asthma when I was younger. So. <laughs> yeah, the world's just got <laughs> asthma right now. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, that's that's what I kept visualizing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then to take in that feminine, you have to like inhale in and like take a moment. And that's I mean, that's what it feels like for me. So I think the world is about to like take one huge inhale. Um, that's at least what it feels like. And I think that's probably why like burnout happens because you're just constantly exhaling and you forget to like, okay, <laughs> let me take a big deep breath and um, and like receive like information and things and nutrients and all that. Um, and then I can exhale again, but we're just kind of stuck in this perpetual exhale motion right now. Yeah, yeah. We love divine masculine energy, but when we're caught in that, (laughs) when we get stuck in, in doing and doing, and we're stuck in the rational over intellectualizing logical mind, um, 
it perpetuates this cycle of just doing without rhyme or reason, right? When we don't have the intuitive faculties, that feminine energy, that other side of the coin, it creates this culture of burnout, like you said. And you mentioned the government and the larger systems that are at play here. And that's a big part of capitalism. We're always constantly like taking in so much stimulation. We're always taking in so much information that is not ours. We're, it's not like a conscious inhale. It's that sensation of wheezing. So we're taking in all of this doom and gloom. We're taking in all of this overstimulation that is dysregulating us. And then when we exhale, when we actually take action, it's coming from a very dysregulated, maybe even toxic mas masculine energy, mm -hmm. you know? because we're not giving ourselves that spaciousness to pause, to take a really deep and conscious breath, whatever that means to us, to bring our nervous system into alignment, to bring it back to a place that feels safe and to actually exhale with awareness and to take action in a way that is true to who we are and what it is that we want and how we want to grow, what our desires and needs are. We're just always being fed so much information. Yeah, I think, oh God, there was something that came up. Oh, the nervous system, when you were talking about that. Um, one kind of something to look into is the, like, the idea of the attention economy. What we have right now is this like constant um, production and like attention, basically, like constantly being seen and being identified and like, um, having your own brand and constantly like producing and which is so difficult to maintain number one um, but number two like we don't get told that our nervous system has to be nurtured and has to be taken care of and something that I found especially like going into like the world of Joe Dispenza and like the malleable brain and like trying to work out like a new reality of myself I guess as the term I would use or like timeline jumping manifestation all these things that I've been like learning about the last two years two three years they mention it but it's not like prevalent and the world I mean society doesn't teach you that you need to be nurturing that aspect but when you start seeing your reality shifting and you start receiving instead of that constant exhale and you start inhaling like good things they can be great things but when you start receiving then your body kind of shuts down because it's not used to holding that space and then you kind of go into like the shock of your nervous system because we're not taught to nurture that feminine energy and that like it is a muscle that you have to build and I know you do a lot of things where you're like nurturing that container for yourself I think you mentioned it last time where you're like you feel like you're holding all this space for other people so it, it like will take a toll on you and you have to like reset and readjust so I'm really curious what your kind of perception on the nervous system is in terms of like receiving totally thank you so much for opening up that space for me to talk about it and the first thing I want to say is that I do believe it's my responsibility to state like I am not formally trained in or even educated in how to take care of your nervous system. Um, I'm not formally educated in 
the human body in that way. So I'm purely speaking from my own experiences, purely speaking from the things that I have gleaned from self-directed learning. Um, so I just want to state that. <laughs> You're golden. We're just here to ask questions. <laughs> totally. Um, so it always, it just comes back to self-care and it comes back to noticing. A couple years ago, I... I don't know if this is like good language to use. Wow, I'm so questioning of myself today. <laughs> but I almost had my, I had almost like an indoctrination into the world of yoga. And I feel like I was going to yoga class every single day because I had a membership at this climbing gym. And I just, I had the accessibility to be going to yoga every day. And it just, I don't know, it became like a drug for me. It was so fucking good. <laughs> it just felt so good. <laughs> and so this was the first time in my life I was practicing yoga every single day, different teachers. And I really found the teachers who I resonated with. And for the first time in my life, I was, I had that practice, that daily practice that was like, an entire hour, which felt like a lifetime for me, <laughs> of just coming back to center, of being facilitated in the process. Okay, now take a really deep breath. <laughs> okay, now, now move into this posture. See how that feels in your body. And during this time in my life, I just went through so many shifts. And what that did for me is it really showed me the integral nature, the value of just having different kinds of practices that I choose to come back to every single day. And maybe it's not like an asana flow or any kind of yoga practice. Maybe it's me just like sitting on my yoga mat and taking a few deep breaths. Or maybe it's noticing that my nervous system feels dysregulated when I'm in the middle of a conversation. And that can feel like anxiety, that can feel like panic, that can be a stress response. And just inviting myself to say, hey, I need to take a step back right now. <laughs> and then taking a few deep breaths and not necessarily having an expectation of myself to show up in any certain kind of way or to provide a response that is going to serve someone else. Um, it really feels like reclaiming my own space and reclaiming my own power. And the way I, I, I really encourage anyone and everyone to take the time to get curious about what feels really good for them, what's gonna help them to feel nurtured, what's gonna help them to feel safe. And I can speak from my experience, the things that really help me, like, it's so simple. This is something that I was writing about earlier today. Uh, don't get simple twisted with easy, because if the simple thing was easy, we would all be doing it. So a lot of these tools and strategies, they are so simple. But it's not until we take the information that we learn and implement it that we get a transformation. Information plus implementation equals transformation. So some of those really simple strategies for me look like taking a step back, taking a really deep breath. You might even, I don't know if 
listening back to this audio, you can hear it. But sometimes during this conversation, I'll just take a really deep breath, like, and just audibly exhaling. And like, that does wonders. That just clears me out. Taking really, really deep breaths with an audible exhale. When we take a breath, where the exhale is just a little longer than the inhale that sends a signal to our brain that it's okay for us to be present, that we're safe. So that can be very regulating. Having solitude in nature is one of the absolute most grounding things I can do for myself because I, my brain is so freaking busy <laughs> and I just feel that sometimes I have an overload of emotional information and stimulus. So when I notice that, it's it's time to circle back to feminine and masculine energy. It's time for me to lean into my feminine energy. Like where is a space of solace I can go to, generally in nature, where I can just allow my energy to be? Where can I just like cut myself off from taking in more information and just allow everything to settle? I like, I see a visual of like letting the dust settle because everything is just like kicked up, going fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes that means, sometimes it means having play. If I'm feeling burnt out, if I'm feeling dissociated or maybe social invitations or opportunities feel more like a burden than they do feel fun and naturally engaging, that usually means I'm on my way to burnout. So how can I actually give myself permission to play? And sometimes that means doing it for myself before engaging with others. Um, but yeah, those are definitely some ways that I've been able to regulate my nervous system in times where it feels like there is so much present with me or it feels dysregulated. And again, they're really simple things and they're powerful. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely love, um, well, number one, you mentioned like that the things you do might not necessarily be asana or, um, like yoga per se and for anyone who's like overwhelmed about getting into yoga and stuff I think you were the one that taught me this about just like intuitive movement for like five minutes yeah. we just know kind of what our body needs without someone else telling us what to do and so like if you don't have access to like a yoga teacher or learning all of that or you don't have the space like just sitting with yourself and being like okay what does my body want to do for five minutes and that's it and it can be that simple so yeah I don't I think teachers are helpful and everything but I don't think that they should be um <clears throat> a deterrent for exploring those avenues um and with the breath I always do like um it's called a lion's breath I don't know if you've ever done it <laughs> you just like stick your tongue out and <laughs> just kind of roll <laughs> Yeah, that. <laughs> um, I one of the things that my therapist actually taught me too was um, if you're feeling overwhelmed by emotion, and when I'm talking about your nervous system, like it can be extremely good things that are coming to you, 
even great things can be overwhelming if you're not, if this container, this body is not ready to receive those things. Um, so I go through the senses and I list off three things per sense that is going on. So I list off like three things that I'm hearing right now and I'll like focus in on each thing that I'm hearing and then I'll go three different smells and then three different things I'm seeing. What am I tasting? Like, what am I feeling? And just list as many things as I can going through each sensation or like one of the senses. And that kind of always brings me back of like the emotion that I'm feeling is always put into a different time. Like that emotion's always stuck in the past or it's stuck in the future. It's never like in the present. So then once I go through the senses, I'm like, okay, what do I feel in this moment? I feel fine. I feel calm. I'm just here. And then I just constantly keep asking myself, okay, what about this moment? What about this moment? And then mm. that kind of helps me release that intense feeling of overwhelm because that's always in different states. And I mean, I don't think time is linear or anything, but I think our emotions don't kind of sit in the presence. So I always kind of go back to that as in terms of like simple situations. <laughs> but I do, I love that you were writing about that this morning because my the thing I was writing about was like um, in terms of that overwhelm in our nervous system and that masculine energy, we tend to constantly seek out clarity and answers. Like we're always trying to seek out something finite, something that will be like, okay, this is the path. This is the next move. This is what I have to do. And I would always argue, like, what is clarity to you? And two, like, why do you think you need it to live? <laughs> yeah. And I love your idea of clarity first before I get into, like, more quantum physics and stuff. What's my idea of clarity? Yeah. What? Wait. <laughs> <laughs> well, you... Did you, did you just say you love my idea of clarity? No, I would like to know your idea of clarity. <laughs> I thought you said you love my idea of clarity. And I was like, whoa, what is my idea of clarity? No, I mean, I'm sure I'll love it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, yeah, that that's so fascinating. That's something that uh, is definitely shifting and transforming for me. I, I do believe... I, up until recently, had a fixation on getting clear and I felt, I truly felt that if I could just get clear on my desires and what I need, everything would fall into place. <laughs> and, you know, I, I do believe there is some truth there. It's important to know what what we need and what we desire, but also, you know, we're getting into the world of black and white thinking again too, and seeing like, oh, it's all or nothing. You're either clear or you're not clear. And the way that I'm learning to understand my relationship with clarity now is I have no idea what the fuck is going to happen in an hour. <laughs> no, I don't even, I, I can only look back from where I am in, in this present moment. I can only look into my memories of what happened yesterday and create 
a perception or a story around what happened. Like the only clarity I could possibly have is how am I doing right now? <laughs> so, you know, and it's funny because being a coach in the first few weeks of my program, the ongoing conversation I have with my clients can sometimes be along the lines of getting clear on what we want in regards to our vision and our goals. And there is merit there, there is value there, but something I always like to encourage my clients is be open to your goals changing. Your vision is going to change. Like you can reflect all you want, you can engage in self-inquiry, please do that. But also recognize that tomorrow you could wake up and this could be totally different and that's not gonna be wrong. For me, clarity right now is bringing my senses into the moment, feeling really grounded and embodied in my truth right now. And I love what you shared about whenever we are feeling overwhelmed emotionally, how can I bring myself back into my senses? And what was coming up for me when you were sharing that was, wow, you know, my emotions are really, it's another sense that is available to me. It's another sense that gives me understanding, that gives me information and feedback about my truth in this moment. That's all it is. It doesn't dictate the way that I need to engage with my masculine energy and move forward. Maybe if I'm feeling emotionally overwhelmed, it means that I need to engage a little more with my feminine energy and get clear about Oh, I'm, I'm experiencing this emotion. How am I relating to that emotion? And how can I also notice all of the other senses that are firing in my body right now and at all times? And for me, that's what embodiment is. Mm. I kind of went in a spiral. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really, I loved your spiral. Um, yeah, that feels very good. I like that you're not kind of attaching the clarity as the outcome. Um, I think clarity is kind of a buzzword that we give to our obsession with that singular experience that we've talked about before um, because we're afraid of like multiplicity, I guess is the word. Um, we're kind of afraid of experiencing just substance and we have to be like, okay, this is like one specific thing. And I think that is rooted in that masculine energy and our like, yeah over analytical society um, and a lot of companies will kind of offer that up this idea of clarity whether it's a product or a system or a personality as that answer and I think clarity kind of gets attached to all these things even if it's like your shaving cream that's clarity <laughs> because that's your answer that's your like finite yeah. little package of okay this will fix my life. This will put me in the right path. That's what everyone's kind of trying to get into. And this obsession with clarity is like a universal experience. I haven't met a single person that doesn't want clarity, that doesn't, is not seeking it out from like scientists to philosophers, to artists, like every profession to their purpose is clarity in some way. Yeah. And so I went down this like rabbit hole and I'm only going to like I'm going to melt your brain for a second. <laughs> I'm ready for it. Bring I'm, it on. 
I'll probably talk about it more like next week as I'm doing more research and stuff. But yeah. it's called the um, oh double slit experiment. I don't know if you've heard of it. So I think it was like in the 80s. I don't know how far along it, like it's been an ongoing thing. Um, so they did this experiment. They were trying to identify the location of electrons when they were uncovering like the existence of electrons and everything. And they wanted to understand how it worked. And so I might be butchering this. So please don't come for me if you're like a science person because <laughs> quantum physics is hard. <laughs> but there was like these two slits and the electrons would be like shot at these like two slits and they'd be going through them. And so that they could see the wave patterns and then they would hit this wall so that they could identify the um, pattern of an electron. What they found out was that the electron that they were focusing on was going through both slits at the same exact time. So like one electron was going through both of them, which like how, how the fuck does that happen? <laughs> and so they tried to slow it down because they thought it was like interfering interference from other electrons but when they slowed it down the same exact thing happened um and so then they realized okay this keeps happening so there's some kind of interference we're going to observe it we're going to have an observer watch the slits to see what happens then when they place the observer in there then when they shot the electrons the electron wave disappeared dissipated and turned into a particle and went through one slit so they found that it's called the observer effect. So the electron becomes a particle when it's observed. So mm. on like um, Schrodinger's cat, like we don't know the outcome until we open the box, right? So that's the same thing. You don't know where the electron is going until you observe it. And then where you're observing it, the electron yeah. becomes physical, just like you can't know the properties of an object unless light is hitting it. Like you can't sense it. You don't know what it is. So you have no idea how that object behaves or looks without light. So yeah. you need, it's an active observation. So for me, what I realized when I was doing this, this basically, it doesn't confirm or like say anything, but it opens up the possibility of the multiverse theory, meaning those electrons that electron existed in both slits at the same time until we decided which slit we were observing it from. So both, all the scenarios of that electron was existing simultaneously, just like us. So all of our paths, all of our existence, all of our timelines exist simultaneously until we observe how we're gonna move forward. Mm -hmm. So we're constantly attaching ourselves to clarity because we have all of these multiple versions of ourselves existing simultaneously. So we can't, we're trying to move forward, but the act of observation is what moves us forward. <laughs> Does that make sense so far? Hashtag brain melted. <laughs> so my... Okay. So my... Idea. Joe Dispenza mentions this a lot. He talks about the malleable brain and how like we can create the version of ourselves that we want, and that kind of gets um, echoed into reality, and that's how we shape our reality. And the thing that is the issue is 
And this is why I have an issue with philosophy, because philosophers try to have passive observation, meaning they try to step outside of the existence of being a human <laughs> in order to observe it, but you can't. So same thing with that. We're trying to reach clarity without actually moving through the clarity, yeah. and I quote unquote clarity. Um, so it's not a passive observation. I don't even know what to call it because it's not observation. Like you are taking part in the creation of it. So it's collaboration. It's collaboration. So you're literally co-creating your existence yeah. and fracturing all of your other existences if multiverse theory is correct. So you're just constantly moving through life, splitting off versions of yourself and observing the one that you choose. So your clarity is the collaboration that you keep seeking. Um, but in the masculine energy, we keep thinking that it's a linear path. Yeah, yeah. the masculine energy is like very results driven. It's solution oriented. And that's <clears throat> relates back to like the logical mind. It's, it's problem solving. It wants to see the outcome and it attaches to the outcome and it rationalizes. Um, something else that was coming up for me is that this attachment to clarity is, I believe it can be fueled not necessarily out of a space of seeing clarity as abundance, seeing clarity as actually nurturing and supportive, but more so coming from a space of fear, of resistance to uncertainty because uncertainty can feel dysregulating. And there's kind of this ongoing seek, seeking for clarity because we think that if we know it's gonna happen, if we can just take action that's gonna get us that, that desired outcome or result, we can, we can be calm and we can be okay right now in the present. And that's just not true. And. I want to circle back to that's why for me clarity has become how can I be clear with what's present with me in this in this moment <laughs> how can I bring it back to you right now how can I actually be honest and clear with myself about what's present with me how do I feel and that's similar to what you were saying about okay how am I in this moment okay how am I in this moment and for me, that's clarity in, in the feminine, being clear with what's happening internally on a moment-to-moment -moment basis, and then having a clarity perhaps expressed through a more masculine energy would be based off of what I know to be true, based off of what wants to be known by me in this moment, how do I take action or make a decision, make a choice in this world that is aligned and unified with that feeling, what is personally true for me. And to me, that is that is clarity right now and seeing how masculine and feminine energy works together and are expressed in different ways. Yeah, it seems very much like as I was going through this, it feels like feminine energy is kind of the leader of it. They're kind of like the, dis not decision maker, but they're the ones that kind of hold all the information and will tell 
the masculine energy what to do and the masculine energy just carries it out. But right now with that like fear-based clarity and this need, we're trying to figure out the cap before we open the door kind of situation. That's the, we're jumping into the masculine before even touching the feminine. Like we're going backwards. We're doing the opposite thing. Um, And yeah, I I just really loved the, like the multiverse theory a lot because you notice like a lot of celebrities, for example, or like people with that are very successful in their industries. A lot of them say that you just have to show up when asked like, how do people get into the industry? How did you make it? All this stuff. And they were like, I didn't try to be perfect. I just showed up. Like I just did the thing. And it's so annoying to hear that. Cause you're like, no, there's a secret. What did you do? <laughs> and a lot of people are just like, no, I just did it. Like, I just, like, you just do it. And it's so hard to quantify and to like express in language because it's that active observation or collaboration. It's not about finding the end point. They just kind of understood that the two electrons were happening at the same time. And then they were like, no, I want to do this one. And then they went for it and they just, did the act like they were very much in the feminine first and then acted on that and I think there's something to be said about this idea that it's not about like what I need or the clarity I need or the uh, physical tangible things I need in order to accomplish those things it's more about okay I know that this is kind of the way this is the essence I want this is the person this is the things I want in life who do I have to be to receive those things? So stepping into like, okay, what does that person wear? What does that person, how do they speak to themselves? How do they speak to others? Like what kind of foods do they eat? Do they have any habits? Like you can craft your character, your little animated version. And I think that's why people say like the world's a simulation because it technically is because you can collaborate and co-create your entire reality like you get to decide who you are and your avatar and everything so yeah I don't know <laughs> that's been my head spiral today <laughs> yeah I mean it sounds like you do know I, I mean I <laughs> <laughs> yeah um I love what you said about kind of choosing our avatars every day and I shout out to the 12th house podcast <laughs> I love that podcast but something that Michelle Pelazon is always talking about are the archetypes that we're choosing every day. And what are the archetypes that are really prominent for you in this season of life? And how do you actually like get into character every day? Like maybe you need to call on your creative genius or the weird, funky, like cool aunt. Like <laughs> what are like the five primary archetypes that you want to engage in and employ in this season of life? And when you wake up in the morning and you choose that archetype, how are you dressing like them? How are you stepping into that energy? And like, why are you engaging and employing that? And what does that actually do for you? And I, I think that's so fun and it's so playful and it's also so magical. Uh, one of the ones that she talks about a lot is her like power editor, I think she calls it. And when she steps into her power editor archetype, like she wears like a very specific outfit. 
I don't know. I'm talking about someone else. Maybe I should talk about my own archetypes, <laughs> but I, I love that because it really creates or it gives me permission to be constantly changing and fluid and transforming and to be consciously choosing the energy that I want to engage with and collaborate with and create through every single day. What do you think about that? Yeah, I definitely love the archetype idea. And I think it's more tangible than my um, quantum physics thing, which I guess, (laughs) like you need both in order to achieve whatever you want. But I think, um, yeah, looking at it on archetypes as well, because I mean, when you get down to like the simplicity of clarity and like, I've gotten asked that a lot, like, how do you receive clarity? Like, I'm just looking for clarity. What did you do? Like, how did you get here? Like, how did you know to do these things? And like, I don't fucking know. (laughs) (laughs) I just do things and it feels good. And I think the question to ask yourself is like, what do you think clarity is going to bring you that you don't have right now? Mm. And I think when you start looking at that, then you can be like, I mean, do those things matter? Yeah, like we don't want to, we're privileged to even be talking about this right now. Like we're in a safe environment and like we're not in survival mode. But if you're not in survival mode, then like what does clarity give you that you're not already having or receiving? And instead, like what energy do you want to receive? And like what energy do you want to put out? Because like that's pretty much what everyone's afraid of is that they're not that their reality isn't um reflecting back to them what they what energy they want to put out into the world so like if you want to be that creative person that artistic person that creates art every single day and like i want art and people to like notice my art and all these things okay who do you have to be in order to do that yeah and what is the clarity going to bring you that you don't have Cause like you have the ability to express yourself. I mean, we're in an environment in society that offers us all these tools to express ourselves. So like pick one of those tools and go for it. <laughs> like what, what does clarity, I keep saying clarity, <laughs> like it's a T. <laughs> I actually have a T called clarity. So that's amazing. <laughs> you're trying to like get this thing as if it's a gate, clarity yeah. gate that you have to go through in order to be able to receive whatever you want to receive. But like, yeah, the archetypes, you can just step into it whenever you want. It's not, there's no boundary for you. Yeah, I love that question you just asked. What is it that I believe clarity will give me that I don't currently have? And that reminded me of When I enter into sessions with clients, one of the first things I ask them is, what characteristic of energy would you like to embody right now? What would feel like so juicy? What do you need? What would be so nourishing for you right now? And that simple question is, what feels like right now to me the antidote to the question you just asked? It's kind of in the similar vein. It's like, what, what are you seeking that you don't currently have that maybe you're looking outside of yourself to receive? Like, what is, what is it that you want that's not present? And how can you just choose, make the conscious choice to get into that right now? And what would that actually be like? What would that bring to you? How would that benefit you? 
You're so good <laughs> asking that question. <laughs> what is it that wants to be known to you? <laughs> what is it that wants to be known? Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think I think that's a good place to like end this conversation today because it is a I don't know. If someone is trying to seek clarity all the time and they feel very static in their being, like I think you and I have the luxury of constantly being fluid. And so we're kind of detached from this idea that like, I can't change who I am. <laughs> and I want to respect that a lot of people are probably not in a space that they're constantly shifting. And that's okay too. Like, even if like changing your hair color two shades different is a huge step for you, I fully understand and I want to meet you there. And that's like, that's ch still changing your avatar. And that's still, I would like, even if it's just that simple thing, like we'll start with changing your hair. Because, like, I do it all the time. If you want to change your hair, ask yourself before you go to the salon and you, like, get the whole thing done, what trait do you want to embody with that hair change? And it's just, like, a simple question, but it makes you think, like, okay, can I embody a new personality trait? Like, I always go back to the trait of lazy because I feel like that's just an easy thing that a lot of people feel like they are and hold. Um, but like, let's say that you think you're a lazy person and then you go to the hair salon and you're going to get this little hair changed and all this stuff and you feel really good about it. And you're like, okay, maybe you're going to cut like two inches off. Maybe those two inches are that trait of laziness. And so when you cut it off, you're, you don't feel like that person anymore. You're stepping into a new avatar. You're stepping into a new characteristic and you've just changed your entire reality just from that simple act of cutting your hair or changing the color or whatever you're doing. So starting very small and just noticing like little traits and being aware. And I think you talk about this like all the time and are really good at speaking on this, but like just being aware of your experience and just noticing things of how you want to show up and like just even noticing how you talk to yourself. And I think creating a ritual or like an act of I'm going to do this and I'm going to release this trait to step into this new one is kind of like how to start on this like trend of actually stepping into clarity or whatever you think clarity is. So. Yeah. I'm also, I'd love to round out the end of this conversation by also saying that's an amazing way to find balance in the way you're relating to your own feminine and masculine energy. Allow the intention that you fuel that ritual allow that intention to be the feminine embodiment of that energy, like really fueling the action you're choosing to take to shift or transform your avatar. Let that be feminine. Allow yourself to sit with that and ask, like really just ask yourself, it gets to be that simple. What is the characteristic of energy I am wanting to embody? What would feel so good right now? Allow that intentionality to be the feminine embodiment and then when you actually go to get those two inches of hair trimmed off allow that to be the masculine expression and really like allow that to be the embodiment ground into it when you're like sitting in the chair getting that hair change like just allow it to be divine <laughs> you know ask yourself like what is this doing for me and like really be there for it um yeah, it's, that's beautiful. This is a good place to end the conversation. Yeah. I think like the final thing would be just every single act you do 
can be an act that changes your entire reality because you do have that system of like collaboration with your existence so even if it's making tea you can say this tea is changing my life (laughs) yeah (laughs) and and that's really what that is clarity see (laughs) maybe if you're seeking clarity it's that you actually need to go and buy this tea and have yourself a nice cup of tea (laughs) (laughs) some clarity okay (laughs) i think that was a beautiful ending (laughs) yeah oh but okay one one final thing i promise Uh, Something else that I just always, always, always encourage my clients is it's in the micro adjustments. It's always in the micro adjustments. Like you don't have to make big shifts and changes to your life. It's in those daily opportunities for choice making where you're making micro adjustments. And that's, that's where transformation lives. And that's it. (laughs) That is it. Yes. Um, One more time. You can follow Jamie on Say it, Jamie, on your Instagram. Jamie Coaching <laughs> at Instagram.com. That's J-A-I-M-E-L-Y-N-N-C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G. I mean, I'm going to link everything down below, so we didn't really need to spell it out. But, you know, spelling fun. is fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you for stopping by, Jamie. And thank you all for listening. 